Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. This is your host, Martha Tyler. And this week, we are going to be talking about curating libraries as a nanny. And to do that, I have brought on like the expert in this area, Monique Dupree, also known as Nanny Miss Monique. Hello, Monique. Hi, how are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you on. I always love having you on. If you have not listened to uh, Nanny Miss Monique, you've done two other episodes, right? I have. I have. Yes. Diversity in children's literature and storytelling um, with Mr. John. Um. (laughs) Yeah. So it's so good to have you back on. Um, I love all of uh, your posts on Instagram and stuff. I love following and getting book recommendations from you. Yes. I love watching you too on your Wednesday. What you're reading Wednesday. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. So before we get started talking about curating a library as a nanny, um, let's hear just a little bit about your background as a nanny. Sure. So I've been nannying for over 23 years now. Yes. Long, long time. Um, And you know, right. I've been a nanny. I've been a house uh, manager. Um, I've worked with infants all the way up to teenagers. And right now I am focusing my attention on helping nannies curate their libraries for their nanny kids. Um, It's so important. Um, And it's something that I think is just kind of overlooked sometimes as a nanny. I I totally agree. And as we were talking about this subject to, to prep for this episode, I was telling you that I feel like I've actually been doing this for nanny families for a while now. Um, and I hadn't really thought about it as like a, a job booster or like a thing that I could put on my resume as part of what I bring to a family. But it absolutely is. It is. It's it's just so important because you start getting books for babies when they're in the womb. Um, I know I started buying my daughter's books before she was even born, before I even had a husband. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was really, really passionate about it. But it is just really important to get um a well-rounded library with all different types of books for your, for your nanny kids. Yeah, it is. And it's like, you don't know what they're going to end up enjoying and, and all of these things. And so it's, or what they're going to like at different stages. And so it's, it's really important to have a like vast array of different types of books to help figure out what they're drawn to as infants. Um, And then, you know, as they grow, growing their library with them. Absolutely. Um, One of 
my favorite things is when they're around two years old, they start having a little bit of, um, you know, they, they know what they want. They know what they, they, they know what they like. And one of the, the little boys I watched, he loved fire trucks fire trucks was such a big deal. So I would go to the library and look for books that were diverse and inclusive about fire trucks. And I found so many books. Like I would even go to different libraries and drive to different ones because my library didn't have the book that we needed. So I would travel <laughs> across town to get the, the right book. <laughs> nice. Now that is service. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I guess for nannies who are like, well, I kind of do this right now. Like I kind of, I check out some books from the library for my nanny family, or I take my nanny kids to the library a lot. So, you know, they're like dipping their toe in this curating. What, what are some ways that they can like start to really like, I'm now really investigating, really like curating, actively curating books for my nanny family? Well, the first thing um, you want to do is find out what kind of personality, uh, you know, the child has, what are they interested in? Because that is what draws them to want to read or want to be read to. So I believe we have to figure out what those child's interest is in, in, in anything. Um, so once you figure that out, it's important to go to the library and introduce your child to the library. I always introduce the child to the librarian. I show the child where all the books are. I tell them what's the difference between fiction and nonfiction. And I show them certain parts of the library. I know one time I had a child who was just really into fairy tales. So they would just sit in that section in the fairy tale section and just pick out books, you know, and just grab the books that they wanted. But it's, it's important because you want your child to feel comfortable. You don't want them to feel lost when they're in the, in there or, or, the, or overwhelmed. Um, and if they do feel overwhelmed, you want them to feel comfortable enough to go to the librarian and say, excuse me, can you help me? Because that's what the librarian is there. She's there to help you. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I believe that's where you should start. Um, once you figure out kind of what your child likes, it's, it, it becomes fun. It's like a hunt for the perfect book. And I absolutely love that. So um, yeah, so, so what we're doing is finding out the child's personality. We're introducing the child to the, to the library. And once your child starts getting used to these kinds of books, you know, if you ever wanted to make a commitment and purchase a book, you could always purchase the book, but that's why we have the library. It's like you're borrowing it. And then if they didn't like it, it's okay. You can, you can give it back. <laughs> yes. And I absolutely love that because you can like find the yes so much easier when it's at the library, right? Like you can be like, okay, yeah, we can take home that book. We'll see if we like it. Um, even if like, you know, there are times <laughs> when you're working with kids that you're like, there's no way you're going to want that book, but like, yeah. for example, I have a kid who's really into Frankenstein. We read the book Frankenstein mm -hmm. um, and we were talking about what that is. He's like, that's a really funny name. And I was like, well, it's also a play on this Frankenstein. And then I told him a little bit about the novel Frankenstein and he got so excited. He like wanted to read. And I was like, I don't think there's a kid version. He was like, no, Marfa, I want to read the grown up version. And yeah. so I got it for him. And of course, like he read like five words and then he was over it. Um, but I was able to do that because it's not, I'm not purchasing a book. So I Absolutely. totally agree that like, yeah, making use of the library and like introducing your kiddo to the library is such an important part of their journey. I will say it's important to check in with the parents 
um, about that because I have worked for some families that are like totally fine with me taking them to the library and like getting them the library card and stuff. And then I've worked with some parents who are like, no, that is something that I really want to do. Like, please let us do that first. And then, you know, so check in on that. And, you know, that's a good idea. So if you do have a family who wants to be involved in picking out books, that's fine. And this is how you can help as a nanny. You can research the books at online. Everything is online now. You yeah. can look at, um, you can go on Instagram and look at books. You can go to Amazon and look at books, read the reviews, go to Goodreads. Um, Goodreads has the best reviews mm-hmm. on on children's books. So what I would say is review the books for your nanny families and make a list and say, you know what? I really think that three-year-old girl would love uh, these said books because she's really, really into butterflies. So I thought she might be interested in these books. And I think the families would really, really appreciate um, you going that extra step and helping them. Um, cause then when they go to the library, it'll be an easy, fun process for them. And their child's going to be so excited when they get all these books that are catered to them. That's yes. So That's really important. And it helps them feel seen and like understood in a really lovely way. And I loved what you said about like getting to know the child's personality. I, I will say when I'm interviewing for families, something that I always ask um, pretty intentionally is like, what is, what sparks joy for your child? Like, what do they love before I even meet the kiddo? And then usually I go to the library and get books about that. And I bring a book every day of like the first two weeks that I'm with them. I bring a new book and then I also will bring back a book that they've enjoyed um, for those first two weeks. And like y'all for that trial period, it really helps seal the deal because the kids are super into it. Yes. The kids are going to love you. They're going to be like, this nanny gets me. (laughs) And there's not, I'll never forget. Um, one time I had a child who was really into like fantasy, all these mm-hmm. different fantasy books. So I really had to do my research because there's fantasy, fantasy books everywhere in the library. So yes. <laughs> you really had to go through it. And one time we walked to the park, we sat on, on the grass and we didn't even play in the park. We, we sat there just reading chapter books for like an hour. <laughs> so good. That's and then the dream. Just, that's the dream. <laughs> And I was just like, oh my goodness, the, the, the kids didn't even want to play. And I'm like, maybe we should get some exercise and at least run home. Yes. <laughs> but it's, it's so much fun. But what I want the, the, the nannies and the parents to know is when you're at the library, there is, when you're going to the, to the grocery store and you are looking at cereals, you look at the nutrition facts. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure how much sugar is in there. You don't want too much, too, too much sugar. You, you want to make sure you're getting all your right vitamins. You care about what's going into your child's body. Well, I think it's very important when you are looking at children's books, you want to make sure that your children's books have diversity, inclusion, representation, and equity in every single book. So you're skimming the book. So if your child, you, you know, a lot of people say, oh, then I need to go to nonfiction. No, you don't need to go to nonfiction to get those elements in your children's books. What you need to do is just skim through the book to just make sure that you have a window and a mirror. Make sure that your child is being seen and make sure that your child can see other people who do not look like them. And it can it could be anything. It could be uh, uh, culture. It could be religion. It could be body type. It could be mindfulness. Um, it could be all sorts of, it could be um, uh, learning disabilities or mm-hmm. yeah, that's, these are all different kinds of diversities. And, it, and I think it's just important to represent all people in your book. Um, and 
that that can sometimes be hard. So if you have a book about space and there's a child in the book who has a hijab on, that would be amazing. And it they're not talking about the hijab. It's just your child will point to it and say, what is that? You can have a conversation about that. And you're also talking about whatever subject the child, you know, is interested in, in that time, you know, like, um, we have a book, uh, right now we've been reading about a little boy who is autistic and he sees things differently and he does things differently. And my daughter thinks it's the most beautiful thing. All the other children in this book make white paper airplanes, but the little boy who is autistic, he always makes his airplanes a different color with a different color construction paper every single time. <laughs> she <laughs> thinks that. it's the coolest thing. Yes. So, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's a good way to have conversations when you are making sure that you have D- I-R-E, diversity, inclusion, representation, and equity, dire. <laughs> nice. Yes. yes. I completely agree. And I really love your point about it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going and finding books that whatever the diverse aspect is, is the point. And honestly, those are great too. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you know, this book is about a boy who is autistic. Wonderful. Right. Um, but I also love your example about the book that's about space and someone's wearing a hijab. Like that's, I, in the TV shows that I watch, I really try to find diverse casts, diverse subjects where it's not necessarily that like, that's the point of the show. Um, and I think the same is true with our, our literature and our little one's literature. Absolutely. Um, there's a book um, called The King of Kindergarten. And in The King of Kindergarten, my daughter had never seen a child in a wheelchair. It was a child in the classroom. They never mentioned the wheelchair. They never say anything about it, but she, she, she saw something different and we explained to her what that meant. And it's just a good talking point. You know, that's why we want diversity, inclusion, representation, and equity in every book. So we can have these conversations because what we're trying to do is normalize everything. We want to normalize everything. Um, if we start this at a very young age, these children will not have the biases that some people have today. And we all know about all the biases that we have today. So if we start them off reading books that have these, the, the dire, the diversity, inclusion, representation, and equity in every book, and we're looking and we're very mindful about that then we're raising these outstanding citizens that they're going to see these characters in the book and it's not going to mean anything to them. It's we're, we're normalizing it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're also, you know, making it okay to like ask questions about people who are different. Like it's okay to be curious and like, it's okay to ask questions about it, you know, and, and, um, and learning how to do that through books is a really wonderful way that doesn't necessarily put someone who, um, might have to deal with those questions day after day and like might feel burdened by answering those questions. When we look at it in a book, we can have those conversations and those windows into different worlds without putting the burden on those who live in that body every day and have to deal with those questions like every day. Absolutely. I love that. That, that is such a good point. It, not putting the burden on someone else by asking them the questions, but just like learning through a book with your caretaker with, and it's just a beautiful thing. Um, books open up all these doors for children so they can they can see the world around them. I always say your bookshelf should reflect the world that we live in. Um, it's just it's just it's so important that we diversify our libraries. Yes. And if nannies are listening and they're like, I hear you, I want to, but I don't know where to start. 
hey, I've got a secret for you. Go follow Nanny Miss Monique on Instagram right now. And like, you're well on your way because how, I mean, hundreds, you have hundreds of books at this point, right? Hundreds of books. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I have almost over a thousand posts now. So yes. Yes. So So go flip through that because every book that you suggest Monique, it fits that dire. Um, It does. Every book that I suggest fits dire. Um, it's, it's important. And I also want to talk about if your child, if, so if your child likes fire trucks and one day you, you have, um, say if you have a nanny child that is an Asian Christian five-year-old, um, and they meet somebody who is Muslim, you know, they might have questions. Five-year-olds have lots and lots of questions. You can get a lot of different beautiful books that represent that uh, without actually talking about the religion, but just a child living their everyday normal life, doing kid things um, that happens to be Muslim. Um, I have a book called Brina, Brina, and it's a little girl who practices uh, paganism. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 I believe that was, I sent that book to you. Didn't I, Martha? You did. You did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So good. Um, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Like, especially like we saw the world shrink with COVID, right? Like we all had to retreat into our own little bubbles. We had to like all go inside and be tucked away. And that's a significant portion of a child's life. You know, if you're working with a four-year-old, almost half of their life has been post-pandemic, you know, like been indoors most has of been the time. Indoors. And so, yeah. And so just books are just such a wonderful way to like fling those doors open without sacrificing any of the safety. Absolutely. Um, and it's so nice. You can go on your local library site and order your books <laughs> and then just kind of drive by and pick them up and they're ready for you. Um, so you don't have to actually go inside if, if you're nervous about that sort of thing. Cause I know a lot of people still are. Yeah. And I totally get it. And like, yeah, my nanny kids know to look for the T section at the library because my last name's Tyler. And so they're like, what's, what's here for us? (laughs) Oh, I love that. They're (laughs) excited. (laughs) Yeah. Cause we go through. So in the library, I sometimes get overwhelmed when we're in the library. I'm not used to the, what is it called? How, how does a Chicago library categorize? It's like the presidential or Colombian or something. I don't know. They don't use Dewey Decimal in Chicago public libraries. Mm -mm. And so, and I'm used to Dewey Decimal. They use a different cataloging system. And so I get really overwhelmed in the Chicago public library and certainly the children's librarian, like one of my dear friends, but um, (laughs) I also really love that uh, put on hold thing. Cause we'll sit like on the couch and everyone gets to pick out books together and like, and it's just so much more pleasant for me than trying to find it in a system that even though I've been here 10 years, I'm still not used to. Oh my goodness. Now I didn't know that. Is it, is it the same way in this, uh, in the suburbs? I don't know, actually. Okay. I'll have to, okay. I'll have to look at the, yeah local library where I nanny um because it is in the suburbs now but Mm -hmm. I would imagine they would use whatever uh Chicago Public Library but I don't know I'll have to ask oh interesting you know I never just pay attention I just kind of go and like kind of figure it out organically and just like walk around I love it. I love it. And I do love spending time in the library, but sometimes when I've got, you know, especially more than one kid with me at a time, it's like, they're wanting to run in different directions. And I'm like, I'm trying to find this book. So I really 
make use of that online tool. And I, I think almost every library, like I'm originally from Knoxville, Tennessee, and they do the same thing. You can put books on hold and just go pick them up. Yeah. It's really great. And audiobooks. They have, love, you know, love audiobooks. Yes. Oh, if you guys, if you are a nanny and you have to change the laundry or fold the laundry and the kids are home and you don't want them sitting in front of a screen, make sure you get three audiobooks, at least three, um, just to put in the CD player or whatever. And that way you can get work done. And it's so good for them to sit down and actually listen to a book. Um, it actually is the same kind. They use the same, um, um, oh, what is it called, Martha? Like lobe in your brain? Yeah, it lights the up same, the same area. Yeah, it lights up the same area in your brain. And I just, I just love that so much. My daughter, when we're in the car, we listen to audiobooks all the time. Sometimes we listen to them on repeat. Yes. <laughs> but kids need to, kids love listening to things over and over the same thing over and over again. It's good for them. Um, right now we've been listening to little miss the story of little Mr. Mr. Men and little miss. Um, so we've been having lots of fun listening to those. (laughs) That's awesome. And yeah, you can download them from the library and then they'll just return themselves, which is beautiful because then you don't have to worry about returning anything. That's right. It's already on your phone. Um, so you can just connect it to the car and then listen away. It it works that way as well. And nannies who are big planners, if you are doing science experiments with your kids, pick up some science books, some fiction and some nonfiction and sprinkle those in. Um, it's so much fun to do that. If you're doing a dinosaur project with your kids, so many great books about dinosaurs, fiction and nonfiction. Um, you know, whatever your subject is for that week, if you're planning, if you guys see something, if you're going on a nature walk, if you want to look at birds together, you can find books on anything and get books for the week before you even come in on Monday and have your books ready for you at the library. And you have a themed week. You have, you can get seven books or five books for the week and theme it out. That's actually getting me excited right now. I'm like, oh, maybe we should do something because the weather is changing and maybe get some books about snow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't think it'll be long until we have some snow here in Chicago. Um, Yes, and I love that idea so much. I also really enjoy um, like basing it on like the, the days they're off from school. Cause my nanny kids get, um, I think almost every Jewish holiday off as well. Um, not every Jewish holiday, but the big Jewish holidays they get off as well. And so like when they were off for Yom Kippur, I got a bunch of books about it. And even though my nanny family is not Jewish, it was great because we like all got to learn together. Like they were like, why do I have this day off? And I was like, let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) lots of books about it. So yeah, it's, you can get a lot of different ideas for how to like cultivate your books. So much fun. Um, And another fun thing to do with your books, if you are theming your books out, go to Michael's and get a science project board. And I believe like around this time of year, they have the really small ones that are like half the size of the giant science project boards. And do have your kids do like a a book report or, you know, on, on, on the science project board of one of the books that, that you just read to them. They can even just color on it and say, this is what happened first. This is what happened next. That is so much fun. I used to do that with the kids with Junie B. Jones years ago. Yes. <laughs> to make little storyboards of Junie B. Jones. <laughs> yes. I love that. That's such a good idea. And I, um, and it, even though like we might hear that and be like, ugh, like, cause we've had to do so many book reports in our lives for them, it's all new. And if it's a book that they get to totally choose, 
Like a lot of times when you have to do it in school, it's on a very specific book, but if they can choose like their favorite book of the year, you know, or, nice. or something like that and tell the family about it. Oh, that is so much fun. And also I love doing book scavenger hunts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if you write a book to the child and you can have a question about the book, once they get it right, then they have to run to the next spot. You can put it on the other side of the card and <laughs> they find their next card there to keep finding um, things. But it's just like reading comprehension at a young age. That's fun. That's yeah. Fun. Yeah. So fun. Um, I will also say, so right now I'm nannying for a family that lives in the suburbs and then I'm getting things. So they get things from their local library. I'm getting things from Chicago public library. And sometimes the books get all mixed up. So what we have done is now all the Chicago public library books have a bin that they all live in. So it's like a very special, like these are Martha's books that she brought for us, bin. And my littlest one, who's like 14 months old, goes over to the bin and goes, read! (laughs) So cute. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I make, I always make sure to have some board books in there for him. Um, although he likes the big books too, but I get nervous about him ripping them. Um, but anyway, so that's just a tip for like, if you're worried about your books getting mixed up, if you're in like a literature rich home, which is wonderful, um, having a special place for your books. And then every week we go through, we're like, what are we, what are we ready to say goodbye to? What do we want to keep for another week? Um, and that discussion is really lovely. Yeah. And you know, like if this is something that they're really interested in, then maybe that could be a potential present later on if they're really, really interested in it. I love that. <laughs> yes. And I've had them actually request that I recheck out some books that had to be returned. So I was like, well, now I know (laughs) what to potentially get for Christmas. Um, But yeah, it's, it's just so nice. So I'm curious about ways that uh, we can like market this as nannies, right? Like, cause I think a lot of families when they're hiring a nanny, this isn't something that they think of as a service. Um, But I also think that if you're interviewing and you mention that this is part of the service you provide, it's a huge boon for you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So usually when I first start a job, I let them know um, I'm a big planner. So I Mm -hmm. let them know that I plan the week before I come and I give them a little note, say, this is what we're doing for this week. Um, And if I need library books, I say, these are the library books that we need because we're working on our shapes. So I'm looking for shape books. And I also, if, if I notice that the family doesn't have a good amount of books in their library, that is, um, on par for their development, then I'm like, all right, well, I'll have a talk with the family and say, Hey, you know, I think we need to get some more books for your library. And I let them know, like, you know, I can help you with your child's library as they're getting older, because it's going to keep changing and their interests are going to keep changing. So these are, this is a service that I'm providing. Um, I'll, I'll purchase books. I'll go to the library and pick out books. And I also let the grandparents and the families know that <laughs> these are books the kids might like later on in the future. So yeah, um, you can definitely put this on your resume. Just say that you can curate your child's library to make sure that it's diverse and inclusive. Um, honestly, it, it's, it's, it's really important that, that we do this as nannies and we are just, we are raising these kids to be the best that they can be. And it starts with books. It does. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It really does. And like, there have been studies that show that reading improves empathy. Um, And like, that's something that, um, although we focus on teaching it, can especially if your kid isn't in daycare, like if they're have a nanny and aren't getting to play with peers necessarily on a day-to-day basis, this is one of the best ways to like start building those social emotional learning skills. Yes. You know, especially when we're using the dire, the diversity, inclusion, representation, and equity, it really, really helps with empathy um, and those social emotional skills, especially when we've been inside during this, this the, the pandemic. So um, yeah, I, I think it's really important. Yeah. And like, I also think that um, talking with the parents about areas that the kids might not know and, or the parents feel like they're like, I don't know much about that. You know, like, I don't know much about Muslim culture or I don't know much about LGBTQ communities or things like that. Um, you know, asking the parents like where, what would you like your child to know more about? Um, I've worked with families who the kiddos have a friend who is, you know, gender fluid at the age of, you know, like six or whatever. And, um, and helping the parents navigate how to talk to their kids about that is a huge part of what I can do as a nanny. Um, and books have been a huge part of that. Absolutely. You, you can really get so much information from just reading a fiction book about a child who is going through something like that. And I love that. Um, you just said that there's so many good books out there right now that are LGBTQ. Um, and I love it. It's Julian the Mermaid. Have you ever read that book? Isn't that a yeah. beautiful story? Beautiful it is. Book. It is. I love that one. Um, and then um, when Aiden became a brother. Yes. I was just about to, that's a great one too. And also my Maddie is really good at, um, non helping understand non-binary. So it's from the kid's point of view and, um, Maddie is the parent. And so the kid is saying, my Maddie is not a boy or a girl. My Maddie is my Maddie. Um, and like it goes through all these things. Like my Maddie loves um, sporks because they're not spoons. They're not forks. They're a little bit of both a little and neither all at the same oh, time. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm going to definitely get that one. <laughs> it's a good one. Cause it does really explain. Cause you know, 
non-binary can be hard <laughs> for everyone to um, grasp at first because we've been so accustomed to this binary way of thinking about gender. It, you're either one or the other. And it's just like, scientifically, it's not true. Um, and so as our culture shifts and our thinking around that shifts, it's important to help our next generation understand that. Cause you know, like I said, I've had a nanny kid whose really good friend is non-binary and like helping their whole family understand and support that friendship has been yeah. important. And also books that have parents that are same sex parents. I think that in the book, I had this one book, it's, um, oh goodness, Harriet, it's with, with a penguin and she's, she's dressed up as a little penguin. Have you read that book? No, that sounds amazing though. <laughs> she keeps changing her costumes. She goes, she follows these penguins on their adventure. She's just imagining everything, but she has two dads, but they don't talk about that. It's just, it's just there. And I love that. It's just there. I love that. They're just normalizing it and they're not talking about it. And it's just there. And, um, you know, actually my daughter Cruz, uh, Pick that up she said oh she has two dads that's cool yeah <laughs> and I, and I like that um but the it, it's a great story and I'm noticing a lot of books are starting to have parents that are different or you know they they don't have parents they're in foster care or they were adopted or um the parents the kids raised by their grandparents um and I think there's all these different types of lifestyles and children need to see that there are all these different lifestyles. So that's why we're making sure that you can get a book about a child falling in love with a penguin and following it around everywhere. But also there's another message in the back that you could talk about. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think that's such a good point. And it really helps because especially like the ages that I typically work with that like two to six range. Mm -hmm. um, their learning is often so rule-based and so concrete. And yeah. so if you don't show them alternative family styles or alternative cultures and like all, you know, if you aren't using that dire model, then they get to school and they tell other kids they're wrong or they're not doing something right when they are, it's just different. Um, and so by exposing them during that two to six year old range, I mean, from birth to six year old, I just usually get them once or two, um, but birth to six year old range of like all the different types, then there's not so much rigid rigidity about like how a family should look or, how someone should behave there. They can, um, be a little bit more flexible in their thinking about all of those things. Cause they've seen it. They, yes. Cause they've seen it. And even when we have situations like, um, there's a book called my invisible dragon about a little boy who lost his mother. Um, and they talk about it and they don't talk about it. Like they notice that the, the, the dad and the little boy, they're sad. And, but the dragon is just bothering him and weighing on him. And that's the dragon is his sadness. Mm -hmm. um, and in the end, the dragon keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, I love the book so much. And it's a good way to talk about death um, without, you know, it, it being a scary thing for a child. Right. Yes. Cause it can, it can feel really overwhelming and scary and bringing up those subjects when it's not directly impacting them, um, is really important. It is really important. It is important. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad that these books are out there. I'm glad people are changing the way they write children's books. Me um, too. they, it's so great. Um, I even suggested to you, I mean, I could talk books forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same. Um, no, um, and one more book I was thinking of Rocket says, um, Rocket looks up. Yes. Oh, Rocket cleans up. Rocket cleans up is the one where she goes and she visits her grandparents in Jamaica. But Rocket's uh, 
comes from a single parent household. And I also love that because my daughter, she asked lots of questions. She's four years old. She said, where is her dad? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's important just to have just a wide range of different kinds of books. And this book is about um, saving, saving the uh, environment, like protecting our oceans, protecting our creatures in the ocean and all the land animals by the sea. And I, I love it. It's a great story. Oh, that sounds so wonderful. And I, when I'm thinking about all of, of these books that we're talking about, I'm also like, I know that sometimes our initial reaction is like, well, kids aren't ready for that or kids aren't, you know, able to understand that. And I think if they're able to understand how a family quote unquote should look or how um, they're, they are being impacted by the way the world works already. So Mm -hmm. to help expand their horizons and give them mirrors into other areas of the world, um, if they're old enough to read about cultures that match their own, they're old enough to read about cultures that don't match too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause what we're, what we're doing is we're just making it, we're just normalizing everyday life that we all experience every day that you and I experience every day. And we want the, our children to experience everyday normal life, to accept that in a fun child way, just by reading stories. Yes. Yes. Um, and it is like, it's so fun to watch them find a book they love, you know, like to watch it click, um, and to see them read a book over and over and over and bring it to you to read to them and where they memorize (laughs) it. Like that feeling is one of the best in the world. It really is. It's, it's a great feeling. I love it so much. I really do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I, like I said, kind of towards the beginning, I just really feel like this is an area of nannying because that is somewhat untapped because we you know, I say on the podcast all the time, like nannies are blessed with time. Like we have time, um, to spend with the kids in a way that their parents might not always have, especially during the week, you know, their parents are juggling their jobs. They're juggling the grocery list. They're juggling all of these things. And, um, and we get to show up and be present with the kids and have this breathing room to get, you know, 12 books from the library and see which six we want to keep or whatever, you know, like we can read all of those books. We certainly can. Um, Yeah. We, we can really just take time and sit in the park for an hour and (laughs) listen to, (laughs) listen to a chapter book and just relax. Um, It's, it really is lots of fun. Yeah. I'm curious if you have um, any advice for a nanny who is really interested in curating a library, especially based on Dyer, um, and their nanny family is maybe a little hesitant about, um, about books that they're, they're not sure are quote unquote okay for their their kids. Okay. So what I would recommend for the nanny to do is just to do her research on the books. So figure out what age range you're working with. You obviously don't want to read a book that's for a six or seven year old to a two year old. Um, so you just make sure that your books are, are appropriate. Um, if you are unsure, you read the book and then 
you can also ask the librarian what she thinks. Um, you could tell the family that the librarian suggested this book as well. And if you are, if, they, if they're really uncomfortable with it, have the family read the book. Mm -hmm. um, have, have your nanny family read the book if you're unsure. Um, but I think what you said earlier about exposing children to things that are different than them is it's just really important. Just like if you're showing them somebody who looks exactly like them and doing the exact same things as them, it's okay to show them a child doing something different than them as well. Um, because it makes, it just opens up their mind that the world is just so much bigger than what they think it is. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I, I somewhat predicted your answer there, but I also really appreciate you giving it because I think that that's um, an area that potentially nannies might shut down um, at the first sight of any resistance. And I encourage nannies, you know, don't necessarily start with uh, the books that push against um, you know, your nanny family's, uh, biases right away. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, if you are working with a family who's Christian, you know, just start off with books with where they may have people of different nationalities and religions. And it's not something that you're talking about. It's just that they're there and it's the kids will point to it. And you can even point and say, do you know what that is? Do you know what that kid is doing? Um, uh, there's a book about a child worrying and he prays to the Quran. Mm -hmm. And I love that because he's worrying and he uses the Quran to make him feel, um, you know, at ease and feels comfort. There are books about kids who worry, who do yoga breaths, um, hot chocolate breath, where they pretend that they're blowing the hot chocolate. I mean, there's all these different kinds of worry books. There's the counting worrying book. You can do, there's so many different ways to teach a child. Um, one thing, like if you, like I said, worry, you can find maybe 25 books from ages three to five about worrying and they can all be different. They'll all be different. Um, and I just, I think that's very important to find all different kinds of books. Maybe you can compare the books with the child and say, well, which, which book did you like best? Which book made you feel like you weren't worried anymore? Um, and what did you notice different about each book? Did you notice the people were different in the different books? or their culture or where they lived. And um, yeah. I think that that's a good, I, sometimes I like to do that. My, um, my daughter and I got books about worrying because she, she was worried uh, when she went to her new school for a short period of time. So I got, that's how I discovered Haley Edelman's Way Past Worried. Wow, I didn't know that, but <laughs> I love that. And I, um, you know, I, through my internship have started working with families and I've been using the way past series in a lot of different ways. And nanny families have now bought several, or uh, families I'm seeing for counseling have now bought several of her books because we've been using them in the counseling space, which is wonderful. Yes. Yes. And, and her books are very diverse and inclusive. They're, mm -hmm. they're great, great stories. Um, but yes, I would say if, even if you find books, like, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a subject that a little boy might like transportation. I think little boys love stopping and looking at dump trucks or excavators. And I believe I have a few books that have people of all different cultures. And I think that's so important just to find books that represent everybody in something that the child likes. Mm -hmm. As simple as looking at a dump truck, but you're also seeing all these different cultures <laughs> and all these different kinds of people in the book. And it's just a beautiful thing. Yes, yes. I love 
that aspect particularly of like we can approach almost any subject through Dyer and like have a just a more inclusive library that's about literally the same thing and we can build that library to be only a mirror or it can be a window and a mirror and like I just think that that's so beautiful um that we have that opportunity and that there are more and more like literally I feel like every day new books that are much more diverse and inclusive I will be um, teaching nannies how to curate their libraries at the INA this year in Las Vegas. I'm super excited about that. Um, I just uh, did a presentation at Nanny Palooza, um, and I will also be at the British Nanny Conference in New York um, teaching about Dyer as well. So it's just really important. Um, and you know, when you attend those, uh, conferences, you get a certificate um, saying that you attended, and you can also put that on your resume because I teach how to do this um, very, very like clearly, like how to how to do this. So it's it's a lot of fun, and it's a it's a fun class. Yes, I can't wait till someday I get to take that class. I can't <laughs> travel right now, but someday soon I'll be able to again when I'm graduated. <laughs> uh, yes. And I appreciate the work that you're doing in the community so much. Um, I think any nanny that gets to take that is a very lucky human. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And if nannies or families are having a hard time curating their libraries, you can always contact me at nannymissmonique.com. And I also provide that service so I can do it for you. So if you're looking for any type of book, I will be able to give you lots and lots of options on that subject. <laughs> Y'all. She has over a thousand posts. Like seriously, when I'm stuck, I turned to Monique. I'm like, Monique, help. Um, and, and I have a lot of relationships with the publishing companies now. Um, so I kind of know what's coming out in 2022, 23, 24. <laughs> so I'm really excited about what's coming. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really, really excited about what's coming. So, and Haley, um, it's coming out with two new books this I know. spring. I'm Aren't so you excited? excited. Yes, <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, yeah, yeah. It's so, I feel like once you're like in it, it, you do get like swept away in the tide of it all, of the excitement and the um, the building of it. And I, I will also say that if you are a nanny who is working with, like high school age kids, um, you are welcome to reach out to me for recommendations. I have a master's in secondary English education and I keep up pretty well with um, young adult literature that is diverse um, and inclusive. Um, and so you're welcome to reach out to me for like older kids recommendations. I also would highly recommend reading some young adult literature, especially ones that have been published in the past 10 years. If you are trying to understand where a teenage nanny kid is coming from, uh, they do yeah. such a good job of like showing <laughs> what it's like, like how much it sometimes stinks to be a teenager and how hard it is. And we forget it as we get older. We do. We really do. Because times have changed. They change every decade. We, yes. Everything keeps changing. So it's different this time around. And, um, you know, we, we have to be able to relate to them so they feel comfortable chatting and talking with us. So, yeah. Yeah. And there are some really good ones out there, y'all. Like, I just finished, uh, for spooky season, I was reading, um, cemetery boys. So good. So good. Um, and there's just like so many like that, you know, of just like really good storytelling, um, that is 
Like I learned so much about Latino culture from that book. Um, and not to say that I, I know about all Latino culture because this was a very specific type of Latino culture, but um, it just was really wonderful to read. And it helped me understand um, <laughs> teenagers right now better because like that wasn't a, th- a thing that was discussed, you know? When I was in high school, like uh, being a trans guy was not discussed openly when I was in high school. So it's really lovely to see that discussion. That's the same for me. Um, it's yeah, I don't I don't believe I ever um, talked about that in high school, not until maybe in my 30s. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's 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 completely different now. And I, I'm glad that it is different. It's so I'm, I'm very happy that it is different. Um, yeah. And I'm so glad that we have these books for all the teenagers and all the kids out there. Yes. Yes. So um, please feel free to reach out to Monique for Mm -hmm. library curation, especially for younger kiddos. Um, And if you, if you want just suggestions of good young adult literature, reach out to me because I love, I'll talk about it all day. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Please reach out. And I have some books for you as well. So I can't wait. Yes. We're going to, we're going to do it. Um, (laughs) I can't wait. All right. Well, we've talked about that folks can visit um, nannymissmonique.com and follow you on Instagram at nannymissmonique, which are all down in the show notes. Is there any other way that people can get in touch with you that you'd like them to know about? Um, yeah, you can follow me on Nanny Miss Monique on Instagram, on Nanny Miss Monique on, on my website. You can also contact me on Facebook at Nanny Miss Monique as well. Yeah. And just slide into my DMs and ask me questions. I love it. Absolutely love it. She's super responsive and like, just such a beautiful human. Whenever oh. I see your posts on my feed, I'm just like, oop, a little bit of sunshine. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I always review three books on Tuesday called the Tuesday three. Um, I interview authors, illustrators, and publishing companies. I try to do that at least once a week. And yeah, um, yeah, please come to the INA conference and listen to one of my uh, seminars. It's, it's fun. Yay. Awesome. And yeah, nannies out there, like this is an area that you can really make a difference in a kid's life. Like helping a kid find a book that they love as a former high school English teacher absolutely changes their trajectory. Like if you can help them learn to love reading from a young age, it makes a huge impact on the rest of their life. So it really, really does. And nannies, you can, you can have this skill, put it on your resume and I create nanny resumes. You can have, you can contact yes. me for that too. So yeah. Um, I'd love to chat with you guys about books and do any type of service I can. <laughs> yes. Nanny resumes. And you do portfolios too, right? I do nanny resumes, portfolios, and promotional videos. I make oh. commercials for a nanny so they can have a QR code on their resume so the family can scan it. And then a little commercial will pop up of the nanny. It's fun. Oh my gosh. And then the nanny, like that family is going to be like this nanny knows their stuff. Um, and they're going to hire you and they're going to pay you even more. So that's right. I'm talking to Miss Monique today. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay. We end with a cute, fun story. Did you think of one? I did think of one. Awesome. We were talking before and we were like, gosh, I don't even know, but cause it's, there's so many in our days. Our days are full of laughter and that's so lovely. There. Yes. So this is actually, it just made me think of something because I just talked to one of my old nanny kids yesterday because I'm moving. I just found all these photos of my old nanny kids. And, um, 
my nanny kid graduated with her master's degree, I think last summer. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of my nanny kids. And she reminded me of this time where we were playing hide and go seek in her house. And I said that we could use the entire house to play hide and go seek. And <laughs> goodness <laughs> gracious, I don't think I should have ever said that because I was searching and searching and she was quiet as a mouse and she had a play date over. So the two girls were hiding and I found them inside a built-in China cabinet at the very, very, very top. I had to climb up and like open each one. And <laughs> when I opened the last door, they popped out and said, surprise. And <laughs> I had tears streaming down my face because I thought I had lost these children. They had like ran away and left the house. I was so close to calling the police and their parents. Oh but um, yeah, that's my hide and go seek horror story. Keep it in one room. Yes. <laughs> Especially yes. the and house I is humongous. Yes. And I always have like a Ollie Ollie oxen free or like some sort of call when I give up. Right. <laughs> because otherwise, yeah, that would be terrifying. I didn't have any house rules. I just said, go for it. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they really did. They really took you up on that challenge. My goodness. Yeah. I, I still think about that to that day and to this day. And I'm like, <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I want to play hide and go seek. <laughs> yes. yes. Although sometimes I, I think I have like a tweet from years ago that I was like, sometimes I say that I'm going to give them extra time to hide during hide and go seek, but it's really extra time that I get to close my eyes. <laughs> I feel you on that. Yep. <laughs> like, I feel you I'm going to count to 100. So you all have a long time. So you have a long time. Yep. Yep. Oh, uh, thank you so much, Monique. I really appreciate you taking time to talk about this. Thank you. I'm so glad I got to chat with you again. It was fun being yes. on. Yes. And you're always welcome back. The invitation is, is always there. Um, and thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. The Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Tyler. Artwork by Noni Blastodon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudios.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.